it's a item that you feel like I don't know when they made it, it was like people gonna use this forever. Mm-hmm. But you'll always need a microphone. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted like who was like, yo, this is a mic. There has to be a family somewhere that's still like You think so? They're still getting royalties off these? Off of just how What if his it, name was Carmichael? And they call him Mike for short. They call him Mike for short. Like we definitely need to research the history of the microphone. Sure, we have to. How is that not? How has that not already been a thing that's been done? Like in the the history of music, anybody like we need to talk about microphones. There's no deep dive about microphones. An oral history. Yes. Wow, it should be an oral history. Okay. There's a there's and there's definitely a cool way to do an oral history of microphones. I'm so. I feel like every time we get together, someone gets money. <laughs> someone right? Else. These are ideas. We just like need to send universal. invoices, right? Yeah. Because I really feel like this is a, a Red Bull topic. Red Bull's gonna hear this, mm, and, and they're like, on it. All of a sudden, the advertisement will pop Ding. up on you. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody walk into like a creative meeting on like Monday. Like, right. Hey, you know what I thought about the other day? <laughs> Microphones. <laughs> Microphones. I was sitting on my toilet, and for no reason at all, I just thought about microphones. And I Origin say, stories. Well, that was stupid. And here we are. <laughs> this is the Summer State Podcast. I am Ja. I'm Christina. I'm Yo. We need to talk about what you were doing the other day, Ja, getting stuck in traffic. Oh, man. So I attempted. I knew it was a lost cause from the very beginning. When I first saw the flyer, I was like, sure this is going to be a clusterfuck. But in my mind, I'm saying, let's just see how this is going to go. Hold on. What was the flyer? So the flyer was for a black listening party. He was throwing a listening session at the Starlight Drive-In. Classic. Yes. On Moreland Avenue. <clears throat> east side of Atlanta. And um, it was first come, first serve. It was no RSVP. It was kind of like the J. Cole, like, Dollar in a Dream yes. show. It, it felt like that to where it was like, hey, if you're a fan of me and you really fuck with me like that, come pull up at this spot right now. I'm going to come through. I'm going to hang out. It's going to be a cool event. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Love Renaissance and... The folks at Interscope, I guess, for this whole rollout. Right. I'm going to give more credit to people that love Renaissance because that's the homies. But I feel like that was a great idea. Like, I had never heard of an artist having a listening session at a drive-in. Same. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then when I saw the videos, I was like, oh, okay, he's getting in people's cars and taking pictures and sitting on their hood and, like, kicking it with it. I was like, okay, this is some real... Fan interaction, like there aren't many artists who are even going that far. Like him and Cole, and I'm sure there's some others, but most notably those two off the top of my head, where there's a real. It uh, was an incredible idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because you think about listening to music in your car is such a natural thing to do. That's the best place you to know, listen to. Music. A lot of us get our first impressions by just like putting it on the ox in the car. You driving somewhere, so to create the space for you to have. The album for the first time to be in the car to have your friends it was like a party moment and for him to be so uh present you know jumping in cars and hanging out with people hanging out with fans 
I think the cap was 140 cars. Yeah. I believe that was the cap. So after that, they cut it off. But even then, if you think about 140 cars with at least four people in each car, that's a lot of people. Hell yeah. That's a lot of people. So to be able to do that, the driving is such a great place for that. I don't know who was like, where can we do this? I'm, I don't know what came first, the idea or the location. Because that's right. like the perfect location for that idea. And I do give a lot of credit to Love Renaissance because they've been doing like the, the um at this their studio, they've been doing the live events. Yeah, they where, did. I went to the Gunner event over there. Yeah, yeah, where they get artists to come perform their music with a live band. Mm-hmm. So they've been doing a lot of things with fan interaction and um, you know just really being present. Mm-hmm. So for this idea to come to fruition, it just makes sense. It's very on brand for and them. And it's on Moreland. Mm, east side, like, right? It's on the east side. Like It worked out perfectly. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. But I knew I had zero shot of getting in this thing. Yeah, uh, I was just saying, let's be perfectly like, clear. We're watching this from our phones because right. Jaw even tried to drive I tried. up to I, the drive I, I tried to go to the drive-thru, and all you see from, like, the far end of Moreland is, like, in the distance, you just see red. And it's like, you just know it's just brake lights, just people just at a standstill trying to get in this thing. And I just, I got maybe like a quarter mile away. I'm just looking at the brake lights. I was like, there's no reason for me to go any further. I'm going to make a U-turn in the middle of this street. I never felt so bad and so smug at the same time. Because I was like, just finished eating dinner. I'm like watching the text chain go down. And I was like, yo's eating lasagna. We're like just like comfortable in our fucking house. And meanwhile, yo has, I mean, Josh has to pull a Yui. Yeah, it was real out there. But, I mean, it showed how much people... I knew it was going to be like that because it just felt like people were in anticipation of this album. Like, it was high. Yes. Like, there was excitement there. I felt like it wasn't uh, a manufactured thing. Like, people showing up to the driving like that, that's, like, real fan mm-hmm. excitement. And, by the way, this is for an album called East Atlanta Love Letter. I don't know if we said that yet. Yeah. Couldn't be done anywhere else. Nope. He yeah. couldn't go to the West Side. He couldn't do it in the Lenox Mall. Nope. Nah. Not at Phipps, not nope. at Compound, <laughs> not at any of that shit. Like, nowhere in Buckhead. Like, go to Moreland Avenue, go to the drive-in, and, like, let people pull up on you. Yeah. I feel like the only oversight was they should have did something with American Deli. Mm. Yeah. They should have gave Black and White That, w- that would have upped the cost, though, like, real big, though. Yeah, no, it would have been, it would have been a lot, but it would have been worth it, yeah, for I sure. think. Because, I mean, he, he has a line in the album about the wings on the east side. He absolutely does. He should have just went ahead and, you know, the lemon pepper wet. Trinidad did it once, one year. He, he did? Had, he had, like, the Trinidad special at American Daily when he dropped, uh, what was the album called? Was it uh, 10, 10 Piece Mile? Mile? Yeah, yeah, 10 Piece Mile. Yep. Well, that was branding strong. Oh, super yeah. Strong. Super strong. <laughs> he was playing oh, no games. Like, no, no, no. Honestly. I'm going to do this. Way it shit. is. Right. One day we'll talk about how Trinidad James was, like, 20 years ahead of all of us. Yo, he's performing, like, in a couple months. Is he really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. He'll never have another performance like he did at MJQ. He, MJQ. I oh. wish I was there. He performed at MJQ at, like, he hadn't done any shows in Atlanta, and, like, at the height of All Go Everything. I think he did one at E3C, and that was, like, my first encounter with the guy. Really? Because before I even knew, like, the music, I saw the lines, like, oh, lined yeah. up for him. And yeah. I was just like, what's happening here? And Yo. then he had to like come outside and be like, "Hey guys, calm down. I'm so sorry. There's very little room. Like we're in little five points. Of course, everybody's gonna be cramped in here." But right. anyway, continue. I think after that he did MJQ. Okay, so he was. I mean, he's like, if, if for anyone listening to this who's been to MJQ, they know how it's set up. You can it's like exposed piping on the ceiling. He's like climbing up shit. And this and is like, like underground. It's too. underground. Yeah, it's underground. Like it was a super. I'd never seen no shit like that. 
Like, wow. It, he was a real rock star, and that whole little place was going nuts. Now, granted, MJQ probably holds what? 200 people? 100, yeah, something like <laughs> maybe. that. Maybe. Like, maybe. But these are people who came to party. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, also. yeah. This is not yeah. This is not that bougie. This is not that stand around yeah. shit. This oh, is no. people who came to sweat. Like, normally, yeah. if that show wasn't going on that night, there would be people breakdancing and shit on the ground. Because like, it's literally bands, underground. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's MJQ underground. is the weirdest venue I've ever in my entire <laughs> life. I remember my first time trying to get in. I was like, where does, where's the door? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you get in? <laughs> how do you get in here? Nah. Right. It's really, it looks like a place you a password to get into it does it feels mm-hmm. like some secret it, society 100 percent. like yeah good times good Super times good times in mjq but anyway that that took us all the way away from black but the point of the matter is is that <laughs> um yeah east atlanta man like east atlanta uh love letter were you big on the first black like what was your first introduction to black where you felt like you got something from it you know what honestly <laughs> <laughs> Before I heard the music, I thought he was an industry plan at first, and that was solely because I remember he got like the Apple Music look, like he was yeah, interviewed by like Zayn Lowe was, like very mm-hmm. early, and I was just like, "Who is this kid? Right. Who is who is this person to come up so early?" So I literally thought he was an industry plan, and I feel really bad now. But like, um, it was just from hearing problems on the radio. Honestly, right. it was like. It was a song that was like very unmistakable like once it came up because I think at that point if you were hearing something that dark and aesthetic it was usually only the weekend. Um and then actually, you know, it was pretty funny. I think um it might have been last year or the year before whenever Amigos did halftime for the Atlanta Hawks. Um we took like I went with my friend Becca and we caught a lift and uh the driver's playing black and he was like, yeah, I went to high school with this dude. Like, it's really weird seeing him on the come up. And I was like, how many artists are there to where, like, you, not only you knew him in high school, but, like, it's such a vibe that you actually want to play it in your car. And that's, like, okay. So that was actually my first interaction with him. Okay. Man, that's Shout a good point. Because, I mean, you can have a lot of people in school that you go, like, oh, I know him, <laughs> but right. I wouldn't play his music for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a soul. So he you the mixtape at the Red Union, and you're just like, oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. There's a girl I know who went to school with uh with Sai High. Oh, wow. And she's like, we having a conversation about the other day, and she was just like, I just can't. Like, I know you. Like, you're Sadell. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, the album's pretty dope, that though. Is. She was like, yeah, but I just can't. Like, I know you. Like, I know you. I don't understand all of this. Like, uh, like I know Ricardo. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, Ricardo, Ricardo. Valentine. I had no idea his name was Ricardo Valentine. Oh, my album. God. Zero idea. He was born to be a singer. Absolutely. Ricardo Valentine? I don't. I really want to know why didn't you just sing under your real name? Because, I mean, black is cool, but it's not Ricardo Valentine. I feel Valentine. like he had to have it first. I don't know his, I don't know his whole history. He's a very yeah. mysterious character. I feel oh, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Black I, is very 2017, 2018 or whatever versus Ricardo. Like, he had to have been coming out with, like, Genuine, yeah. Kevin Campbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you say Ricardo Valentine, I think Pretty Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 that's the kind of shit that makes me think, like, Pretty Ricky. Yeah, Genuine, like... You got to gyrate if your name is Ricardo Valentine. Like you have to, your hips wow, have to. that's a bar. Your hips have to be loose. If your name is Ricardo Valentine, you better get up there. I just went. I was at uh, one music fest last weekend. Miguel is up there with his right. hips loose in a leather jacket. Like, 
Miguel, like, oh, if you have a name like that, you have to go all the way for that. That's exactly right. what that name. And is. I don't yeah. think Miguel like, I don't think is like the poster child of his name. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, if Miguel's name was Ricardo Valentine. It I wouldn't even question. So it. much sense. I wouldn't even question it. Not at all. Wow. But yeah, so that's your first experience with Black. I I knew Black before, before he was problems, because I was. I was in like the rap Atlanta blog scene around 2013-2014. So you knew Black because he was the artist that never dropped music, but was it was always coming soon. So he'll oh. drop like a single and it'll go up. He has a song you can look it up on YouTube called Mary Go. I remember mm-hmm. when Mary Go dropped and it was like a big deal. He uh he did a remix to uh, uh, that P&D record and that was a big deal um break from toronto he did a break from atlanta that was a big deal mm-hmm. so he had these like little records but he was never dropping a project and you would go out and you would always kind of see him in the corner where it's really black like he's always <laughs> there yeah i've seen him like in the cut so many times i thought that's where he got his name from because like <laughs> you're in the corner where it's black he just emerged yeah. in the shadows he d- like i'm serious especially when he had the hair yeah he was like extremely mysterious so that's why I, I would never consider him an industry plant because I've seen him do like too many like just odd things where I mean people have stories about him performing like in front of like eight people like very very early on but it's been you know it's been talked about how he was in that really terrible deal with Flo Rider and right. he couldn't oh release God. music so all the coming soon is coming soon is coming soon was because like I, I really can't do anything can't do right. but you can't be completely quiet because of course people like he had a little bit of tension he was because you know he lived with um spillage village with uh jid and earth gang he lived in the house so they were, they were all hell of a house. that was a hell of a house one day we're gonna talk Jesus about the house Christ. one day yeah, we'll talk we about the house. episode about that house. yeah That's so crazy. he was recording with them so of course earth games kind of coming up and jid is kind of coming up and like so Black's doing stuff, but he really couldn't do anything. So when he kind of got out of his deal and was able to start maneuvering, it's like they just pressed the button. Like mm. It was ready to go. He was he was fully developed in a way where he didn't really need artist development. He had a sound. You can go back and listen to his early stuff. It's there. You know, he had all of the components. He knew who he was. 100%. Okay. And I always thought it was really impressive about him because he was always super aware. You did, mm. He never had to go through like, the growing pains of self-discovery. So since he knew himself and the music sounded like he knew himself, you kind of attach yourself to that person, that persona, that character. And it just made sense to me when Problems dropped. I was like, oh, he's going to be big. Mm-hmm. He's out of here. So I kind of want to go through a few of these songs on here. I mean, we already know that you've done. Uh, I, I read your one <laughs> list you? review just before I came over. I almost didn't read it because I was like, let me do the podcast what I listened oh, to around re- reading it. But I was like, no, I'm going I'm to read it and see what he's talking about. But I wanted to go through some of these songs and just talk about what, if any, reaction you had to any of them. Because I thought, I listened to Free Black. Mm. Okay. But it wasn't an album that I listened to every day or regularly. Like I would go to it sometimes when I'm like, I just want to hear something else. Okay. So I would listen to it here and there, and I never really spent a lot of time with it. But I listened to it some. I knew he had talent. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I was like, let me give him a fair shot and see what he has, or see what he's coming with the sophomore, you know, the sophomore album. Because I mean, I guess from that's where people slip up a lot of times, right? Like sure. the sophomore jinx is a real thing. Um, Pretty Little Fears, J Cole, man. Jermaine, 
I want to hear Christina's thoughts. Why? Why because, are you looking at me? <laughs> because I know how you feel about J. Cole. I honestly thought his verse was a highlight on the album. Um, I think going into East Atlanta Love Letter, you, I mean, first of all, you've probably seen the cover art already. You know, it's right. it's a very striking image of him in his kitchen, like with the baby, like strapped onto him and like a microphone. Right. Mm. So like new parenthood and everything like that. And so I guess part of me was like half expecting maybe some like deeper reflection on what new parenthood like actually feels like, what new fatherhood actually feels like. And you get that from J. Cole's verse. And at first, like I didn't even recognize his voice for whatever reason. Like it struck like a different tone than what I'm used to. But like that verse totally like carries the entire song, I think. So bam, sorry, I'm not being a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting otherwise. I'm happy you liked it because I felt I felt the same. Um, tone wise too, his he came on the record differently. Right. You know, J Cole can kind of not realize that he's like rapping, rapping like the 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 joint he has with Miguel. Yeah. A uh, chill. Ch- yeah. Come chill. He sounds like he's battle rapping on this <laughs> R and B smooth cut. So. Very aggressive on the 16. Way too. The Kaepernick line. I just. Uh. <laughs> like, this is supposed and to be I like Cole, fun and sexy. But like, he took movie. all the sexy away. He was not trying to come chill. No. No, Hi. he was not. <laughs> Yo, like, you're like, when you're hanging out with your girl and your homeboy comes over with the eight pack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like turn up. Well, to his. He it, came to the party, defense, man. Always please, he did tell us that he's the type to be in like. A romantic situation and then try to tell the girl about the world and why we need to change our lives yeah yes he lived up to and that so he's still carrying nah, on and 10 years later he's still holding <laughs> there's, his there's, there's no rapper ethos. there's no rapper really than j cole <laughs> he told us exactly who he was and he continued and to just, show us I'm not but on this verse you can tell that he realized that the tone was different and mm. his approach was different it was very poetic for yeah. a cole verse you know and yeah. him talking about like not only new parenthood, but his wife now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very mature verse. It was like he looked at the almond milk and the pile of clothes he folded, and he was like, "Well, what does this really all mean? <laughs> what do these symbols entail?" And he came out. I like that. I like that as motivation for this verse. Almond milk and folded clothes. That's that makes me actually happy. So I'm not almond lie milk, to you. his notebook, mm-hmm, yeah, folded, folded clothes. Like I see the picture. A binky, uh, yeah, you know, a, a, a binky like one foot. Like not the he's not gonna show you the baby, but there's like a baby foot, and it's like yeah. I'm gonna write this verse. I actually like your verse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I like that as motivation. What about you, Ja? What did you Um, think? I mean, I I agreed that he sounded, he had a different tone when he came on the verse. I mean, I knew it was him, but the way he adapted to that flow, Mm. and it makes me wonder, like. I mean, his black album is black songs. I'm assuming that when Cole heard this song, he heard. Black's verse, or they weren't in the same room at the same time. Right. But that song was like a perfect pick to say, I'm going to get cold for this. Mm. Mm. Because the way he took on the melody, the way he carried the flow, and then like gave it some extra stuff toward the end of the verse, I was like, wow. Like, yeah, he did pick it up. He picked it up, and I said, damn, like this is cold. And I think the other part that, um, when I read your one listener review, that what you were saying about, if you haven't read Yo's one listener review, I highly suggest you go read Yo's Thank one listener review on djbooth.net. I almost said last, yeah, last week I did com. I made right, sure nah. I did net, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but the ums, the ums, the ums like. Cuddy's ums are like spiritual. They're like godly <laughs> alien ums. These were like visceral. <laughs> these are visceral, like I want to hit it right now ums. Like fresh out the shower ums. Like lust ums. It's, like, yeah. it's that Shaq meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those yeah, ums. Those are Shaq meme ums. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. They, they bodied that one. Um. And not to cut you off, but that's what I like about Black and his approach to songwriting is he'll have all these textures in his verses. And he he understands how to use not just melodies, but his voice in different ways to exemplify what he wants to say, like what he's trying to convey. You know, like it's it's emotional. Like Mm -hmm. you really feel him in a lot of different ways. I think the record Sorry, like you feel like he's sorry. Yeah. You know, it's not a song, it's an emotion. Right. And I see that through a lot of these records. It's like you feel exactly what he's feeling. Yeah. Well, one of the first records, I mean, I think uh, I think the core record was, bef- oh, yeah, yeah. It was actually the record right before. The record where I really felt what you were talking about is on uh, Disconnect. Oh, man. Disconnect might be, that's, that was like, that thing touched me. I was like, wow, like, who is he? You stolen my life from me and <laughs> sung about it. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, damn, are you the feds? Have you been my messages? Like, oh my god! What the fuck is going on, Black? But um, but that was one of those songs where I felt like disconnect and um, stand. Like there were there were stand, moments yes. on this album where it was like it started off kind of slow i guess it, it it didn't have like a quick pace the intro wasn't some grandiose yeah, type of thing it was not like, right yeah it was like we're just gonna get into this slowly but surely and i'm gonna slow walk you down this path that i'm about to take you on but by the time it gets to those records like yeah. uh, pretty little fears and disconnect and ending with stan i was like wow i was it was pretty impressive to watch him put together the whole story it was pretty it was cinematic more than i expected i guess same um especially with the women voicemails i think they're all voicemails oh yeah shout yeah. out to tiara whack and uh light skin keisha yes fire yeah, yeah they yeah, killed yeah, it yeah, they killed that they killed they, it they, they, they killed it in those spots it's very seamless but i want to know what christina thinks about like how the album put together um you know what I've come to realize today when I revisit Free Black and then listen to this project is that I don't know if the dude is for me necessarily. I kind of felt like old man yelling at cloud, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I was like, man, am I just like out of touch with like the Apple music aesthetic? Like what's happening here? But like, um, I think with this album, what I do hear is a little bit more diversity and a little bit more brightness in the production um from like the very like stark like black and white aesthetic from like his previous ep like mm. i hear that and i was like okay that's interesting like i'm hearing like a like a chill hop piano here like a electric <laughs> guitar there and that's no slight to chill hop i write to chill hop there's nothing else i could write to everything else is too distracting and that's fine but um i heard a little bit of diversity and like in the production and that was all fine and good i think like the song with like khaled i was like this should be like on a commercial somewhere like i was like pleasantly surprised by that song but i think overall like i kind of just wanted him to be a stronger 
writer. It's interesting to hear you talk about it, John, how mm-hmm. like you felt like he was like the feds, because for me, it was almost a little bit too like nonspecific, a little bit mm-hmm. too like I, I left kind of thinking like, I'm not sure he still seemed kind of mysterious to me. There was yeah. the, I didn't know if there was a whole lot that was necessarily like tangible by way of details, except like, oh, and by the way, I'm a musician and like I have fans now. Um, so, I mean, that being said, I guess I can understand why people would feel such a strong connection with him because I do feel like he's one of those artists that's like since the beginning kind of let us know that he was like an underdog and it's like from the very beginning of the Free Black EP, it's like, okay, you're supposed to be rooting for this guy. Mm -hmm. And like the dark aesthetic that was all supposed to convey like, okay, we're being let into your psyche at the moment. We might love like we always knew each other. You'll be searching far and wide, but you wouldn't want another. Doesn't make it I just feel like maybe for me, I'm like, did you really reveal that much of yourself? I'm honestly not sure. It's up for debate, but I don't. I don't want to be a hater. It's fine. No, no. I mean, I think to your point, though, or to both of your points, to that, for that matter, about him being mysterious and him being the guy in the dark corner yeah. of, the, of the venue. Like, mm-hmm. with this album, I think I agree with you that it wasn't super specific. And he he's kinda, just like the dude that's kind of like, I'm going to tell you. He's he, like, he walked I'm going to sing my heart out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> 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 he walked up to the line without and maybe he has his own reasons for not going super super deep i mean i think he was specific when he's talked about things like uh i guess it was he got robbed or somebody shot at him or something Mm -hmm. like that the way he was so i think he was specific in maybe that part of it Mm -hmm. with the emotional love romantic relationship part of it it felt like he does more with his some, maybe with his voice and with the aesthetic to convey the emotion, mm-hmm. maybe than in the detail Details. of the pen. Right. Because yeah. I feel like there's something to that. He reminds me a lot of T-Pain. Mm. The way, you know, T-Pain can do a song like Bartender. And it doesn't have to be, like, super specific. But, like, you know the time you've been in the bar and you bought a woman a drink. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you understand the situation maybe more than the details of the story. Like, you don't, don't need know. to be super specific. I don't know. I, I, I never know. felt like I needed to be super specific to kind of, like, get it. But, but T.I., yeah. or not T.I., Jesus Christ. <laughs> T-Pain T has this almost, there's something a little bit more tangible about maybe, like, his voice. And, like, I think no matter what he's singing about, even in, like, the earliest stuff, which kind of sounds, like, quaint by whatever ideas we have about auto-tune now by comparison. But, like... They're still like, I think with Black's music, it almost feels like a little too vaporous. Like it's a little too intangible somehow. Like I think coming away from this, I was like, this is like vibe music. And maybe that's like apt for the times and that's like totally fine. It's definitely a vibe. But I don't know. I feel like when T-Pain was crying on the roof talking about he sprung, I felt that the same way I can feel Black telling me about his problems with his relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I'm like T-Pain doesn't have to necessarily like get us all the way involved into that relationship the same way Black doesn't bring us all the way into the, the moment. But he gives us enough where we can 
sort of that. You just relate to the circumstances. But even saying crying on the roof, that's like setting up a setting. Well, it was so music. Yeah. That was a music video. Like, so, oh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. Like, I saw that. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. I just rewatched that video. What am I saying? <laughs> if he detailed crying on the roof, it would be a totally different thing. But like, nah, he created the visual, so right. that's why. But like, that's very stark. Like. That's very interesting. I haven't watched the new black videos yet, but mm-hmm. I also don't think they picked good singles for this album. Mm. I don't think Switch was a good single. I don't think so either. I don't think it was a good single. I feel like that that Khaled record should have been the single. The yeah. Khaled record. Seasons is no reason why we should be going in the winter. And we haven't heard that song stupid. all summer. Yeah. So like, stupid. What happened? What happened with this? Like, I like Nonchalant as a rap record and as like a vibe record, but I didn't like it as a single. I feel like the future song, mm-hmm. the uh, self-titled record, that's a single. I would have loved to hear that. You don't think it's a little too slow? No, because like I feel like <laughs> it was like no, no it's not even slow about it. You heard remember, that? Remember, no. remember, remember when "Turn on the Lights" came out? Yeah. Yes, that to me, that's Black's "Turn on the Lights," in my opinion. Like that's the kind of vibe mm-hmm. I feel like okay. it was gonna set, where it is slow, but it would have been such a switch from what we're used to mm. i think people would attach themselves to it plus we get like a really good future verse and like hook oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like them two doing duet style together it was like money yeah. right it's money did you like that record i feel like the way that you're talking about it now i'm like they kind of need to release that like asap because we're in the era of like boot up is kind of like fading mm-hmm. out like just slightly and now we're que- transitioning to queen Nigel medicine <laughs> like that'll fit right <laughs> they're in right, is, right there yeah, slide it right in yeah. so like i feel like a lot of records are really really good and that it would have been a different kind of i think build up if they would have had a different uh selection of singles i feel like the songs are all good but the singles they selected to me doesn't really necessarily Pit them in the best position to have like records. Like I just don't mm. think Switch was a hit. Switch wasn't a hit. No, Switch not wasn't. not because it didn't pop, but just because like it doesn't sound like a hit. Right. And now Shalant didn't hit because it doesn't sound like a hit record. So I don't know if they weren't trying to go for a hit. Maybe they were just trying to show people that Black has a different kind of range and these are different like kind of singles we could release with this album. But there's singles on here that they just didn't select. Well, it didn't even have to be like sounding like a hit because like keep in mind that when problems sort of came out. True. He's coming out from under like Flow Rider, you know. This is like the complete polar opposite of whatever Flow Rider was trying to get him to do, and like that five-year deal, which like poor guy, like I can't even imagine. I I really want to know what the conversation was. Jesus Christ! Because I mean, the thing is, people like, oh, you signed a Flow Rider, but you gotta think about Flow Rider was huge, huge yeah. with those apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Yeah, but I just gotta wonder. I mean, maybe he was doing a different kind of music at that point, but in my mind, I'm just like, what is the Flow Rider pitch to Black about why you should sign with me? It had to be the bands. Tell me that because he's still doing like I Royal don't, Caribbean I don't, cruises. You know I what mean, I mean? The whole, like, I mean, listen, like, I mean, Flo Rida, had, I respect the fact that Flo Rida had hits, and I right. respect the fact that I think as a pop songwriter, I think Flo Rida knows exactly what to do. But I don't, the idea of being signed to Flo Rida sounds crazy to me. It's not only a different, <laughs> I don't, I, I Flo Rida, I, I associate with like such a very specific era of like what was required of rap to quote unquote like cross over mm-hmm. versus like black kind of speaks to like this independent streak that I think people really like to attach themselves to. It's like, oh, this is something I discovered, not this is something I heard like my mom bumping the other day. My mom right. loves Florida. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. But I don't I just I just wonder what 
type of music he was planning on making? Was he still going to do this type of music and be signed to Flow Rider? Or like, I don't. That's, I don't that's think, a good question. I don't think that question. was the conversation. Because uh, I mean, he they're literally, literally and figuratively night and day. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no clearer contrast between right. two clearer people than Black and Flow and Flow Rider. Right. So I don't know. But what I was going to say is in regards to. You are talking about hits. Like I don't hear any singles on this album. I'll be honest with you, no. and that's not a knock. I just, I mean, the 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 Khalid record, maybe I can see that one maybe being a radio record. But I don't feel when I listened to this album, I didn't think hit record really at any point. Mm-hmm. I like the album. I like the songs on mm-hmm. it, and I probably will be playing this album, you know, throughout the year because there's certain vibes on there that I'm into, mm-hmm. but. I don't hear hit records on any of them. Mm-hmm. What does that even fair. mean in like 2018? Yeah. Uh, hit record still means a hit record. Like if it's not. If well, what it, sounds like a hit record like in this era? Um. Did you guys think Boot Up was gonna be a hit? It oh took a long god. time. Oh my god, the fucking year of Boot Up. Listen, but it, but it does. Yeah, yeah. I've been Boot Up this whole year. Yeah. But, <laughs> but for the things when we're talking about hit records, we're talking more. F- it is substance, but we're talking about more style and formula than anything else. Yes, and I, boot I agree. up sounds like a hit record. Yeah, whether it works or not is something totally style different. Style and formula matters but a lot. Style and formula in a hit record. That's, that's kind of what we're talking about. So 100%. when I so it, I, it's easier for me. Like hit record is like pornography. How Larry Flint described <laughs> pornography. Like we're not gonna talk about. I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. Like it's that's what a hit record is. It's like I can't. There's a million type of records that are hit records at different artists, and I can't. It's hard for me to tell you what I think that is, but I didn't hear any songs on here that sounds like, "Oh, this is gonna play on the radio a million times a day." I mean, when you heard problems, did, you, did it sound like a a prototypical hit to you? No, that's what I'm no. saying. No, I, I get not get credit for that. But you know, what? but this don't sound I like God's like plan like either. Yeah, I don't hear no God's plan on this album. I don't hear like no. This was at the time when like the Hills was playing on the radio. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and that was right. like the most unlikely song to hear. Like those like horror movie screams by the weekend. Like no. I still don't really know. If people know what that song's about. Yeah. Like like do y'all know what this is? Well, I also feel like that record was a hit record, but I feel like there was still no. There was still a lot of people that didn't know him until the fucking uh, the song about cocaine. It, until the until the Fifty Great Shades of Grey song came out. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. like the Michael Jackson. Or the, yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, but yeah. still, that still made it on the radio. It still made, no, yeah. it was still a radio song. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's weird. It's definitely like there's no blueprint for a hit record right now. But I do think like style and formula does work when we, in the regard of saying this record can work in like a radio space or this is going to be a type of record that has like virability. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Can yeah, a record yeah. go viral? Because you know, like, I don't like, hear any songs. All the challenges. There's not a black challenge on here. No, there's a Balenciaga challenge. Offset killed the verse. Body the verse. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah, man. I want the Offset album. Yeah, there you Give go, me my man. The offset. What time? What time? Give me the my Offset man. album. Yes, that's what I'm talking All about. Right. Let's get it started. Quavo, you can keep it. I'm Let's sorry. Let's get it started. I'm sorry. Let's get it started. Just go ahead. Hit it on the shelf. It's cool. But let's just go ahead to the offset. He wrecked the verse. Smashing. And this is coming up. Black had a strong rap presence. He he ripped it. But offset bodied it. Everybody on featured on Black's album did him dirty on his song. I think. Yeah. I don't know what he did. Did he coach him? him. Did he coach him up? 
Cause I, but everyone like delivered. I thought that was interesting. Not Super only delivered. just like it kind of goes back to what you were saying about how Cole had like a different tone, like Offset put like a, some extra time into his mm-hmm. verse. Khalid came in was like, I'm gonna sing my heart out. Right. You know, Future was very like, I'm gonna give you like a Future song. Right. I feel like he didn't give him a Future verse. He gave him a Future song. I hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Like this could be on Hendrix. Well, like, I mean, I did read Black say that he didn't. His features, he wanted them to come to him. Mm. Okay. As far as, like, you know, when you get on this record, I want you to. So he might have coached him up. Maybe he did, like, Bill Belichick him and, like, this is what I need from you. I need you to come in to the dark side. No, no like, one, no one phoned it in. Yeah, and nobody phoned and it that's in. That's what I appreciate. Really take this shit seriously. I need you to come mm-hmm. with me on this trip. And I feel like everyone gave him. Maybe more than he even bargained for. Like, oh shit! Nah. Yeah. I feel like they they help make the records what they are. Yeah, no, yeah, for no. sure. It's, they all sound natural. I really wanted Young Thug to be on Thuggers in the Loop, but that's that's like my go-to right now. Thuggers yeah. in the Loop is just for him to say like I'm going through something and I'm just playing Young Thug. Yeah. Like I'm playing trap music. Yeah. It's a it's a sweet couple seconds. It's like a 57 second song, but the way he conveys like, and that's one thing a lot of people are talking about. Like, oh, rap doesn't have no substance and all this trap stuff. But like, sometimes you be going through it and you don't want to hear like someone really pouring their heart out. Sometimes you just want to hear Young Thug talk about his checks. Yeah, it helps young you feel better. Pours his heart out too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like what Black was talking about was just like like putting Thug on and just letting it. Because Thug has seven thousand songs, you can put Young Thug on shuffle and be good for three days. Yeah, well, there were a lot of album. There were a lot of Atlanta album shout outs, specifically I guess East Atlanta album shout outs. Yeah, on this album because he does a Thugger interlude. Uh, he talks about riding around playing Monster. Yeah. Um, that was tight. He talked. It was another album that uh, Future shouted out himself when he was talking about Perfect. Pico. I was like, "Yo, that's dope to shout out yourself, or reference yourself on your own." Song. That's an Easter egg. That'd be a yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "That's a dope line." Um, I forget what the other album was. There was something else I was listening to, and there's like and, a reference. Uh, uh, like I know he talked about the wings on the yeah, east side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I think about the wings uh, on the east side. loaded gun. So there's a lot of like Atlanta references, which I, I like. Bitchard of Kirkwood, baby. That touched my heart. <laughs> it did. <laughs> we call this baby a Kirkwood baby. Okay, and I Kirkwood was like, yeah. yes. Putting in work, little baby. Said, Damn. Okay. How do you not have these moments and you just touch, Christina? Yeah. You're looking at me? Yes. <laughs> yes, you. I don't know. I, I feel like, again, when you're ta- guys are talking about the features and how they came through, for me, when I'm listening to those songs, I just think, like, okay, they have stronger personalities than black. I don't well, know. There's man. something to that because he hasn't. He's, he does not miss the personalities from what nah. I can see. At least he hasn't right. portrayed himself he's, as Mr. He's, he's monotone. But I feel like it's a aesthetic, though. Nah, never mind. That's who he is. Because when I talked to him, I was like, okay, this is who you are. This, this is who, who you, you are. are. Yeah. But I think he's just, just very laid back yeah, in, in the way know. where it's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to overexpress myself mm-hmm. in the way. But like, Future's voice just carries so much personality. Mm-hmm. And I think Kelly does as well. Offset is just full of energy, and Cole was very serious. So it's like you have these dynamics that kind of work with two blackers too, because mm-hmm. he's not gonna overexpress. So they kind of like take the spaces of what he's not um, conveying, mm-hmm. and like with a personality type. So I don't know, but I I like like I like Free Black because I could play it after midnight. 
and it just was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a good driving home from the city album. Mm-hmm. That's sure. good. I, I always like black because like you can just kind of put it on and it kind of floats in the background. It is very vaporous in that kind of way. Right. So right. I get what you're saying, but I also feel like I like that you can when you tone when you tune in, there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. It was really tough for me to just like sit through it. And there are certain albums where I feel like something like grabs me and I'm just like, okay, it's got like all my attention with this one. I felt like, okay, I need to be like cleaning the kitchen now. I need to be like doing something. I need to have it like in the background. Mm. And that's when it wasn't as bad. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. Um, What do you think the expectations are now? Like what happens next? That's a good question. Like if this album comes out, it's well received by some. Yeah, I not 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 by all. Not by all. Not by all. I, well, I'd be very interested because he kind of like one of Love Renaissance's first artists, Rory, kind of sells himself as like a folk hero, kind of very quickly, mm. in the sense that like by the skin of his teeth or whatever, he managed to climb out of like whatever min- music industry hellhole that y'all know to come out as like what we posit as like an independent artist, even though this album like was with Interscope, right? The last mm-hmm. one was with Interscope too. I yeah. yeah. So there's like this unmistakable independent streak and this sense that he shouldn't be here, you know, despite all this that I feel like really drew people in. I think when I was listening to Free Black, I was like, okay, I could see that. I could see why you would want to, um, for want to vote for this dude, why you mm-hmm. want to like, you know, um, cheer him on and everything because he is talking from the very beginning about this this deal that did him like horribly wrong and how he felt like stifled from a creative standpoint and i'd be i'd be interested because in on where he goes from here just because it's like okay he's established in his own way but now he sees like sort of like the pitfalls of fame and to me that's always kind of like the less interesting phase of like an artist's career where it's like oh i made it and fame sucks it's kind of like me being like man i hate writing when like i literally chose this career for myself like nobody would want to hear that right um so i'd be interested in seeing where he does go beyond here and where life sort of takes him and how he might find inspiration from that at least i hope he does because I don't know if I'm necessarily, I think for any artist, like in general, like the whole like fame sucks, like born center or whatever phase of the career is usually pretty boring. I really think the next season of Atlanta is going to try to avoid that with Paperboy. Like he's, he's going to be that big now. He's going to tour. Yeah. It depends on where they want to start him at, but like he has a viral hit. Mm -hmm. He's going on tour. Mm -hmm. The next thing would be the album. If you catch another hit on the album, then you're pretty big at this point. And we're already seeing Paperboy doesn't really like fame. He's already being affected by people knowing who he is. But I don't think Donald Glover and them are going to go the route of, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Like, nah. Because I think, like you said, this it gets kind of boring. Yeah. You kind of chose this life. Yeah. And you've seen enough people live it to know this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's not new to you. 
And plus, as a fan standpoint, even if I was, like, a fan of Black, I would feel, or, like, of any artist, I usually feel that that's, like, super awkward, because it's like, okay, so me liking you brought you to this position? Right. Like, what you want me to do now, <laughs> guys? <laughs> hate your life because I, I hate like you. you. make life easier for <laughs> you? Do I start hating you? I love you, now you hate it. But then like, you hate that, too. Enjoy your starter mansion, bitch. Right, yeah, yeah. Then, you, then you call me <laughs> your starter mansion. <laughs> Yo, there's a Daddy. such thing as a starter mansion, and it's crazy. Yeah. But um, from here, I I I think he's gonna go parenthood. Mm-hmm. We'll see more of Father Black and how he's transitioning into stardom as a father, going on the road, being away from your daughter. I was like that perspective. You want to be a normal dad, right? You want to be here when she takes her first walk, and you want to be here when she speaks her first words. But you also realize that you have to be on the road, that you have to do press releases, that you're never going around. You know, that's one thing Schoolboy Q was really big about early on. He was talking about he didn't want to, you know, be a rapper because he saw how much of his daughter's life. I think he was doing like a, a Breakfast Club interview and she failed and like hurt something. He was telling them how he was like out of town and, you know, I think she hurt her arm or something. Oh he couldn't God. be there. So there's a lot of stories I believe you can kind of really pull from. Fame and fatherhood, the two Fs. I'd rather see that <laughs> than just be pouting in your mansion about, like, pretty much wasn't that what Scorpion was? <laughs> Scorpion was pouting in the mansion. Right. Like, no, nah, but. He's pouting in his mega mansion at this point. It is a mega mansion with a crib. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Escapes to the penthouse suite right. on the weekends. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joe? What you think? Um, I'm wondering now, does he go. Does he do like the weekend thing? Does he go like pop black? Mm. Like the next, cause the next go around, like free black in this one, is kind of like a one and one point five or one point seven five. Mm. It doesn't feel like a full. It's a sophomore album, but it doesn't feel like a full two. Mm-hmm. As far as, I guess, the type of music it is. Yeah. So. I just I just wonder whether they take it from here. I just wonder is it does he does he get a uh what was the weekend joint? The uh I feel it coming or like you know what I mean? Does he does he push it that far and say, Okay, now my set I'm gonna have I'm not gonna be so black. I'm gonna be black, but I'm gonna be a little bit lighter. Yeah, if he wants to go full color. Right, yeah, does Technicolor come into this thing at some point? Like does you guys remember all his pictures in black and white? When everything was black and white, and then he yeah. had his daughter, and then everything came to color. I thought it was great branding. Yeah. Like, okay. But I thought this album was going to be lighter in that same kind of sense. But it wasn't. It wasn't. So <laughs> he all. really does have room to pop up his sound a bit mm-hmm. or just add way more color and kind of see what that sounds like with him. He kind of, he, he, he's not in a hole just yet. No. I don't you think he wants that? Who knows what he wants? He's mysterious. He's very mysterious. <laughs> well, it is interesting that he considers Sade to be an influence because that's an example of like an artist who's very much stuck to like a very specific type of vibe, but is varied in terms of like intensity. And mm. I think in the very beginning, people are like, okay, what is she trying to accomplish here? Like, um, I... For fun, I decided to look up Robert Criscow's reviews. Like, for those who don't know, Robert Criscow calls himself, like, the dean of American critics, and he's been around since who knows the fuck when. But, like, he called her music, like, 
like oral wallpaper at some point. Like he was just like not not fucking getting it like at all. I know you just fuck. uh, You're (laughs) trying to get the alcohol back. I feel like that's a fake. He he has to he has to run someone's oral wallpaper. Yeah, I might pour my coffee on your shoes or something. (laughs) I see you like that's crazy. This, oh, that's a critique for a lot of artists, but not <laughs> Sade. Yeah. yeah, but my but my point being is that like I think after that, like you know, you even though like Sade like is unmistakably like Sade on record, she finds ways to like sort of pivot and experiment within her own like universe without mm-hmm. going like full like uh, Michael Jackson makeover and stuff. Yeah, I, I can't ever see her pushing it that far. Right. Right. Was that a double entendre? A Michael didn't... Jackson makeup. Oh, I didn't even make it. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Michael, Bars. I would never do you like Bars. that. I know you're listening from somewhere in Cuba, but Bars. I would never. <laughs> I would never, ever. Damn. That was such a good bar. That was a great bar. I was like, oh, my. It's like when you go to, I got to go to Rap Genius and look that one up. <laughs> and see, see how they annoyed that. <laughs> Does he give us a rap album? Oh, like a like from his battle rap days? He didn't seem real interested in rapping this time around. Not too he rapped interested. Some, he did but rap he didn't seem he rap he did rap some, but yeah. he didn't seem But I don't know if that's like intentional. Where I mean it might be I'll give you a rap project next time around. Well the end of, was it the end of scripture or the end of nonchalant? Didn't he said something scripture. about it was in the scripture, right? Where he scripture. says like he's a trap. I gotta do this. I gotta do this, or y'all feel some type of way. Right. More or less, it's like mm. I have to. I have to give you these bars. And he gave a scripture and nonchalant back to back. So uh, I was like, okay, I'll put this out here. I want to see Black Alchemist do something. Ooh. I think that now would be. He needs. He needs to this. go underground rap. Get you some producers. Yeah. Mm. Get you some soul samples. Alchemist and D, I mean uh. Black and DJ Premier. Yes. You know what? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Black uh, and call, DJ Scratch. Call of Renaissance. We, we really got sneeze invoices out. Yo is now taking A&R rates. Right, because I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ASAP. I'm about to pivot to A&R. This is, this is nonsense. <laughs> that's, so, that's such a, a... DJ Premier and Black would be nuts. Stupid. Because I think he has like... He understands pockets. He understands mm-hmm. these things so well that I feel like you give him the beats... Yeah, he'll and, go. And plus, Primo's Primo's music these days it has some of that vintage. He had, you know, Primo has this like classic timing, this classic Primo bop that you know what it is. And nowadays, I feel like it's the tempo. I feel like his beats are at is like a little bit, a tad slower, and mm. it's more. And I feel like for Black, that would be that perfect place to get up in there. Like, yeah, if Sounds Black like had Sandra's Rose. Oh, or like those type of like I feel like those are the type of beats that would give, that might elevate him to be. Christina would be like, you know what, I like this song Listen, in a group, in a group text. Like this song is nice. I like <laughs> this one. I will Primo say, did. like he has like such a he has a very interesting like clarity like in his voice. Like there's like a certain tone that like it. Like I get it. And now that you guys are like drafting up the the vision board for like his next album, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm ready for <laughs> it. Hey, roll so for let's that do one. it. Let's do that. <laughs> Damn it! Drafting up the vision board. <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. The vision board. Just putting producers up there. <laughs> like, the call vision them. board and uh-huh. like the B is a six again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> killed them. 
and we're pivoting to marketing. If you wasn't aware, this is a full service establishment. The Something to Say podcast is a full service establishment. You come over here, you get what you need, Yurt. You get exactly what you need. Messing around with the foot. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. They're going to find out. They're going to find out. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I guess in closing, like, oh, not this. Oh, uh, no, nah, never mind. Yeah, I guess in closing, what do, so what are we at with, with this album? What kind of, I don't want to say rating, like not like a star yeah. rating, but like just in general, where are you at with this album? Yeah, yo, are you as enthused about the album having revisited it after your one listen? Yes. Okay. Um, not to say I'm like surprisingly so, but it's always interesting doing the one listen reviews, and then some albums you do not want to go back to ever again. Right. And then some albums you're kind of eager to, and then some albums you, you just dive right back in. Black was one of the albums I've kind of dived back into. You know, we had No Name this week. We had Wale this oh week. God. A lot going on. A lot going on. So to kind of just feel myself go back to black mm-hmm. was it it made me recognize how much I enjoyed it on the first listen, on the second listen, on the third listen, because you have so many options. And I think it's gonna be really good for, you know, vibes, it's gonna be good mm-hmm. for background, it's gonna be good for drives, but also I just think it it helps solidify black, not only his sound, not only his style, but that he could come back with a second project that people seem to really, really like. Like, Sophomore Jinx is serious, but also, like, we're in a time where you really don't want to miss. Because you miss. In general. You got to catch up. Like, you, this is not the game to be playing from behind. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So you think he executed the plan of playing it safe while also delivering good music? Like, yeah. As opposed to jumping too fast and missing. It's like a certain... He did not... Not that he held himself back, because it doesn't sound like he held himself back, but it doesn't also, uh-huh. you know. He didn't make a tipping butterfly. That's what, I, I'm that's, 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 that's exactly that's, what was that's in my not, mind. That's he not what he made. That. He didn't okay. go full, right. like, late registration. Right. But he figured out what worked and kind of made it over. Like, the way I see it is, it's the same house with new interior. Like, you recognize what this looks like. You've been here before, but you got a new table. Oh, you, got you got new, new floors. You got new. did the floors. <laughs> Your TV's wider. Yeah, like, you got new TV. Oh, that TV is dope. You know, I like that. You got a new couch. You start to recognize all these new things. And you be like, well, y'all got some money. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's He's okay like, over these here. These beasts are richer. You know, the, these features are here. Uh-huh. You got new friends. You know, like. Homies is over here now. <laughs> so that's how I kind of view the album compared to his debut is it is that step up. It's the starter mansion. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go from the. Let's go from your apartment to the starter mansion. Damn. <laughs> I feel like that's man. Those I got. We're gonna have to really figure out what we're gonna call this episode because I feel like vision board and starter mansion are pretty. Like that's like we gotta figure that part out. We're gonna figure that out. Um, we appreciate all y'all listening. Um, this is the Something to Say podcast. I'm Ja. I'm Christina. I'm Yo. Please rate and subscribe. All that good stuff. Audio Max, SoundCloud. Uh, something to say. I think it's, it's just something to say on both of them, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something to say, S-U-M, apostrophe N, because it's hood. <laughs> uh, to say, uh, check us out. Uh, we're around. Holla at us. Peace.